I don't think I need to do a clap this time because... We know we need to do a clap. Well, we could do a clap just for old time's sake, you know? It has to happen. Now that we moved in together. Uh... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. All right, all right, all right. Ready? Ready. Three, two, one. All right, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly how it sounds whenever we... Uh... All right, well, we got to oh, do yeah, my okay, clap. Your yep. clap. Okay, yep, go. Yep. Okay. Three, two, one. All right, I think that'll work. Man, my internet's slow today. <laughs> uh, visual jokes. <laughs> They're so good for podcasts. Um, okay. I think you might have to edit some of that visual joke out. I'll just add a visual <laughs> post. Um, so, hey, kid, how are you doing? Great. How are you doing, Andrew? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. I haven't it's, seen uh, you in a while. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not seeing you right now at all, definitely. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> all right, should we talk about what's actually going Please, uh, studio audience, silence your cell phones. <laughs> By the way, guys, we have a studio audience here today. Woo! Part of that is Kit. The part you can hear mostly at home was Kit saying "woo" because uh, they, you guys, can't hear them. No, very that well. was that was our studio audience, one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, Kit is in San Diego for a competition that I organized, uh, or am organizing since it's still going on. We have True. another day of it tomorrow. And so we're here, recording in person, and we have friends in the room. <laughs> That's right. They're probably going to be pretty hard to hear, but if some of them like turns an illicit cube at some point, you might hear that. <laughs> oh, there it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, you're listening to Layer by Layer. Layer by Layer. Layer. <laughs> um, this is a show ostensibly about cubing and sometimes about other things. We have a subreddit. Kit? Oh, the, where, where we can find yeah, the subreddit? Yeah, where, where is the subreddit? Oh, you take three lefts after you uh, go about 10 miles north on I-5. Then when you get off, um, you want to talk to the guy in the rabbi costume who will lead you down a back alley to the internet.com <laughs> slash r slash reddit slash dot com. Slash layer by layer. I can tell you're not from California because you said you take I-5 rather than saying the I-5. Did you know that's a thing that... Oh, trust me. <laughs> I am so triggered when I hear the five in it's... Portland. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, I don't know what it is, but three years of living in Portland has like turned on my Californian sensor <laughs> uh, because they're spreading in Portland mm -hmm. and, uh, it is very, very easy to spot a Californian. Uh, the in front of roads, umbrellas. To <laughs> why don't you use umbrellas? Is it just because it because it rains so much? You just like your skin. Yeah, gets why do you want to carry absorbed? an umbrella for four months straight or six months? I don't know. Uh, you just you're gonna get, have a really strong arm by the end of it, right? <laughs> just get a raincoat. Okay, okay, okay. Hear me out. <laughs> so instead of an umbrella. You have like a like a glass bubble around you, probably also with some like metal in there for support. And while we're at it, we can add like some some kind of like combustion uh, fueled thing that like makes it move on wheels, just to like uh, help it. Just because it might as well once we're putting all this effort in, uh, and you'll probably need some kind of like steering device. Maybe I don't know. Maybe like some kind of like oblong or something. Uh, that's not what an oblong is. Might uh, as well just like travel by Zorb. Yeah, I don't know what that means. You're, you're old. Um, no, it's like they, they like did these like weird like extreme wait, sports oh, that, like the giant bubbles that you're you like not pop old. <laughs> I know what that is. Thanks, but I am. Um, <laughs> um, yes. Today is is today actually Saturday, February sixteenth. Did you update that? I did update. It is that. Saturday, February sixteenth. Still for the next like two hours. So yep. Maybe it'll be the 17th. I hope so. I, I hope <laughs> I not. think our studio audience would not appreciate us recording that long. <laughs> um, and uh, we also would like to mention that our logo was created by the fabulous Sarah Cook. That's right. Follow-up. Or the absence thereof. Yep, there is no follow-up this week. We, we would normally do a record check-in, but there have not been records. Unfortunately. Since our last We podcast. had several chances for them today. Um Mm -hmm. But they didn't happen. There's always tomorrow. Max Park is competing That's tomorrow, true. too. That's so, true. Uh, but 
We do not have any updates on the record front. I am still embarrassed by the only record having been broken <laughs> is the FMC single. So uh, hopefully people can get to that. All right. So Kit, Thank I you. saw some discussion recently. Um, we've talked about video evidence a lot. It seems to be a recurring theme for us here. Um, sure. Yeah. And I just want to bring up something I've been seeing or I saw like a month ago at this point because this has been in our show notes for a little while. Okay. Um, Paul Mavi did a six by six mean at some competition a while ago, and I think the judge did not sign on the first solve. Okay. Oh, Sophie's home. Hello. Hi. <laughs> this is going to be a weird podcast. This story is taking a left turn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, as I was saying, Paul Mavi was doing a six by six mean, and then Sophie got home. Uh, wow. And. <laughs> I'm 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 slowly starting to see the relevance. Yes. Um, hi, Sophie. Hi. Uh, <laughs> you, you can join the studio audience. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess they're playing the mind though as well. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he was doing a six by six mean. Judge didn't sign on the first solve. Paul did. He c- continues the mean. At the end, when they, at some point, they realize that they DNF the solve. Because that's what you do if the judge doesn't sign, right? Right, right. But there was video evidence of the solve having taken place as it was recorded, mm-hmm. just not signed for it by the judge. Right. So to me and to a few other people I saw, this reads as like, from my perspective, this is more things saying like, don't record your solves, right? Because if you have evidence of something that would help you get this good solve in your mean, that gets like that that can't overturn the um the error of the judge but if your your video evidence shows something that you've done that um is like a slight infringement or something or if there is something procedurally wrong that can be used to dnf yourself retroactively from what i've observed i mean my first response is sign make sure that the judge has signed i mean we clarified the regulations so that um technically the competitor is not supposed to sign the scorecard until the judge does. Right. So technically, Paul did not sign the scorecard correctly uh, because he should have waited for the judge to do so first. But that that being said, too, um, had both signed and the time were written illegibly, video evidence could clarify the time later. Uh, okay. That's... So that is something similar in a case where I feel like video evidence actually can help you is in the case where um, a judge has written a time down illegibly. You have video of the solve and you can show that you like in the video is the final mm-hmm. time. Uh, and that can be beneficial to have video evidence in that case. Um, it's true. I don't see how video evidence really hurt here. It just didn't help. Well, that's that's the point. Like we're, if we're saying like you don't ever want to record your solves. It, let's start with that premise. Like that's a, just another reason. Like if it can't help you in a case like this, uh, it seems like that's like why would you do it? Like there's, it's there are fewer incentives to do it than there are disincentives. Now, of course, at the high level, like you want to have video of your solves because it's good to have video of your solves and like to show off right. and stuff, um, or even not to show off, just to have for yeah. your own review. Right. I mean, nobody says that you're obligated to share any yeah. of your videos. I mean, I record all of my official solves and I share maybe 5% at most. It may be even like 2%. Yeah. Uh, and I, the reason I do it though, honestly, is that if there is any, um, discrepancy later in terms of the solve, I have all my competition solves on video. And I'm not going to release them all to the public necessarily, but I do want to have them in case, like, say I did sign for a time that was, like, not mm-hmm. readable, then I have a way of, you know, defending myself to actually show evidence. Um, actually pretty paranoid as a delegate um, in terms of uh, people's perception of me and uh, how I use my power. There was actually an incident today where I had a judge uh, during my last three blind round two solve, I think, where they were like inching the paper closer to me and kind of like what appeared to me to be like an egging me on like, okay, come on, start executing, start executing. It was minor, but I definitely felt like pressured by this like kid that was just kind of like kept like picking up and putting down the paper and like thought I was going to start soon. It's like, can you please just actually wait? 
until I start. So did that like make you like think like, oh. do I request an extra for this? Well, right. that, is yeah. That, is that because I in your head going on? Right. Yeah. Because I lost my audio twice mm-hmm. when, through that whole process because I kept getting distracted by this kid like moving it around. But to me also, it's pretty minor. Mm-hmm. And what I think of like if somebody had told this to me that that's what happened to them, I'd also be kind of like, like, sorry <laughs> that that happened. But this is a competition environment and you know there's going to be people walking by small noises mm-hmm. like if you're distracted by that you could be distracted by anything mm-hmm. so i'm i try to be fairly cognizant of the fact that like being in my position means it's very easy to not have clear judgment and you know just give yourself extras for everything <laughs> um and i don't want to give off that the impression that uh you know i'm benefiting from my own position um and similarly with taking my own video evidence i find it useful and reassuring at least that if i were in a position where i signed for an illegible time or something weird happened to one of my solves and i didn't you know i want to actually be able to advocate that i did the right thing like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like if a timer malfunction happened and people like oh well why do you always give yourself you know extra solves on timer malfunctions like well i have video i can check to make sure i actually didn't like hit the reset button um and usually i know that i don't i'm pretty good about not putting my thumbs out or keeping them at least keeping them away from the reset buttons (laughs) um but if i do have that happen i usually go and check like did i screw that up or was that actually um my own error or sorry that's the same i said the same thing did you screw it up or was it your own error the the question we must all ask ourselves uh, in these trying times did i (laughs) screw up or did the timer screw up that's what i meant to say um but yeah so i know this is uh, to me that's kind of met evidence especially considering it's like it didn't actually hurt him he kind of put himself into that situation in the first place i I don't know that like because from my perspective he did the whole solve correctly. Like, he did a full solve. Everything about the solve itself was legit. This is, like, logist- logistical stuff after the solve. And then the judge prompted him to sign it. So it's like, in my opinion, the error is on the judge there. And 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 on the competitor for not ma- forcing him to sign first. I, but at this, <laughs> like, it's like, do you really expect a competitor to, like, know the minutia of the regulations like that? Like... And all I'm, my competitions where we do tutorials before every event or like before everything starts, where we talk about all the procedures of competing. If you know, we know we do a 15 minute tutorial where, uh, you know, that we go through all of these different steps. Like, yeah, it's on them to know the pr- procedures. I know that people joke about all the times, like the regulations make a regulation for the fact that you need to know the regulations. And I don't expect people to know every single regulation, but basic, uh, you know, procedural knowledge should be known. The basic procedural knowledge of the judge needs to sign before the competitor, though, is the part that, like, I couldn't name that offhand. Like, I know that they both need to sign. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you that the judge needs to sign before the competitor. Well, I mean, to some extent, it's common sense. When you understand that the purpose of signatures is to make sure that, like, they were agreed upon, mm-hmm. esen- essentially. Like, that the judge agreed that this solve happened, and the competitor also agreed with the rulings of the judge, if any, about the solve. So if you sign before the judge is approved, then you're like approving something that might not have actually been approved by a third party or the judge. So it's like you want to make sure the judge approves whatever you did. Otherwise, when we look at it later, we're like, what happened here? But I think in this case, when we look at it later, we have video evidence to show what happened there. We also have the judge himself saying, yeah, like this is what happened. I like even like I realize I made the mistake of not signing that. Well, and the thing, if it happens during the competition, it's totally legitimate if you can find the judge Mm -hmm. and get them to agree that this all happened and sign for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have that happen all the time. In Paul's case, was it detected at the competition or was it I believe it was not. Because because if it was at the competition, then I assume it would have been overturned. You got a score check during your competition. Yeah. Um, But... (laughs) Still, the point stands. We're, we are using video evidence to overturn things after the fact, but not to overturn a thing in the competitor's favor. It is weird. I, I'll, I'll give it that. Um, the main distinction I'd give it between like an illegible time, though, mm-hmm. and someone who just didn't sign is that one is a clarity error, 
and one is a procedural error. Okay. So I can that's, I can see that. However, I also like the competitor signing is partially like to say like this was written down correctly, right? And I also mm-hmm. agree to its standard of legibility. Mm-hmm. I think. So I feel like it's almost like they agreed to that that solve as it was recorded if they signed it and the judge also signed it. So to me, it's almost like there's less of a reason to change it based on like legibility. I don't want to go into like which one's better. I feel like they should both be changed um, personally. I wouldn't mind either way, but I think that you you open up some hairy uh, situations where there are solves that like when you literally read the regulations, it technically should be a DNF because it broke the procedures. Mm-hmm. Like it's tough when you have like this gray area. Um, it's very easy when you sort of draw a line as to what um, things should be acceptable and things should not be acceptable. And as soon as you start to allow like some procedural errors is okay or correctable by video evidence, there could be grayer situations that now we have to address and see like try to redraw the line now through all the grayness that we create. There's a lot of stuff that's happened as the WCA has evolved where we, you know, to make things easier due to the size that we're growing to, we have to draw clear lines to distinguish what is and isn't acceptable. Mm -hmm. And there's been a kind of a clear line drawn here, at least between, you know, an issue of clarity and getting the results right based on what we've seen versus a breach of the procedures described in the regulations. And... Yeah, it's like if you start to allow some things that are not according to the regulations or that don't go according to regulations, then it's kind of like, you know, what if like today there was the kid who like flipped over the FMC sheet for just a split second? Like, did he really gain anything by doing that? Probably not. Like he couldn't in the time where he accidentally flipped Mm -hmm. it over and flipped it back. Like, I doubt that he got anything from it, but technically flipped over the the scramble and saw it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're not supposed to do that. It's true. So, yeah. <sighs> My personal preference would be that there is, like, a line drawn more towards in the in the direction of, like, if the solve was carried out correctly, it's clear that the competitor did, did not, like, break any regulations during the solve, mm-hmm. and you have clear evidence showing that, and the judge also supports it. Like, if you have this perfect storm of, like, everyone agrees that this thing happened yeah. and was legit— except for the signature like a small procedural error right which wasn't which like technically maybe it was the competitor's fault but wasn't i wouldn't think that most people would consider that the competitor's fault okay um so here's a weird corner case okay Lay it um, on me. what if now i know paul wouldn't do this but what if some competitor in a similar situation well, this came up with them and what if it wasn't actually a legitimate solve but what if uh the competitor was like warming up on the timers say during lunch or something mm-hmm. and you know had video of a bunch of solves okay and you know they were warming up and they got a really good solve and there happened you know to be just someone sitting there uh-huh. at, and was like judging them during that time okay and what they do is you know they they take their best solve whatever that was in their warm-up session they note that time and whatever happens and because it's six by six and scrambles don't matter, like whatever was on whatever cube they actually got could have been just a miss scramble. Um, so you can't even scramble match with six by six in this case. Um, what if, you know, say when they turn in their cube, they take a pen and they write down the time that they got in warm up and signed it themselves and turned in their cube with that scorecard. Okay. Now, granted, this could be noticed. You know, so so there's this one piece of the puzzle I'm hearing missing here, which is the judge saying, yeah, I wrote down that time. Mm-hmm. If they wrote it down themselves, then the judge isn't. But somebody was sitting there in like this video during the lunch session. Yeah, but then you have to go talk to that person. You know who it is. It's like, did they, was this a thing? <laughs> like mm-hmm. you asked them, did this happen? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that's that right there is like, if the judge, okay. even if, if the judge is like, yeah, that happened. I wrote that down. That's my handwriting. I just made a mistake then yeah i feel like it's you could have someone in cahoots with you but i guess in my situation you don't need to like also have all this video evidence stuff yeah. to go along with it either if that's the case but yeah there's a lot you can do when you have a judge in cahoots with you to be honest yeah i would know 
Oh no, you can look at you can give me weird looks now. That we're just... <laughs> uh... <laughs> can I get some more thumbs? I liked it when I got thumbs from the studio audience earlier. Not like Not that, Shane. Those thumbs. Come on, <laughs> they all they're all giving me down. thumbs up when they were agreeing with me earlier, and then. Uh, not just being confusing. Yeah, now you're interrupting their timing-based game. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, I think we've covered that uh, pretty well. Yeah. I can definitely see your point. Um, yeah, like there was a regulation broken, and I didn't realize that it actually was technically on the competitor uh, in that way. Yeah, um, and the thing is, I could see it though in terms of like the video evidence thing, where we want to have more reasons for competitors to provide video evidence yeah i would i would also like some yeah i would like incentives basically to yeah to do it yeah minor thing where it could be nice to try to redraw the line more clearly there but um hard to figure out a good way to do that you're getting mixed we're getting mixed thumbs now mixed signals (laughs) mixed signals we are a podcast if you weren't aware what incredible (laughs) this whole time i've been making all these visual jokes (laughs) it's not gonna work but what's important about being a podcast is that we appear on podcast apps, as many of you are aware, and many of them. And I was uh, with Lauren one night, and you know, with these uh, podcast apps, they show you like uh, different shows that are similar to your shows that you listen to already. Oh, I can see where this is going. <laughs> so there was a section on Lauren's podcast app that was similar to Layer by Layer. Oh, yeah? Do you want, do you want to hear... Uh, what uh, podcasts are similar to Layer by Layer? I'd love to. Okay. Um, there were six listed. We're going to do this the fun way. We're gonna, I'm going to let you pick a number one through six, and then we'll pick them out. A bell is not a number. Oh, sorry. I just, I've been like listening the whole episode for like you to say a specific thing, <laughs> and it finally happened. I might have missed one earlier. I'm not sure. But that one I caught. So uh, what, did you, what did you say? So, I'm not gonna, there's no, no more bells, by the way. You get one per episode to figure out what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> so um, since you're not giving me a number and the studio audience did, we're going to go with four oh, okay. from not Kevin. I honestly didn't hear what you said. Like as soon as I heard the trigger for the bell, I was like, bell, ding. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. All right. Well, now they have that. That's good us. enough. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry. So, what did you say? Four? What are four, we doing? We're doing four. Four? All right. Podcast number four is The Habitat. From Gimlet? I've not heard of it. I've not heard of it either. Um, is it like a public Gimlet podcast or is it one of their like private? Oh, wait, no, they don't have private ones yet. Because Gimlet was like just bought by Spotify or something. What is it? It's about Mars. Oh, it's okay. So the Habitat is a podcast about Mars. Okay. Apparently, thanks to the wonderful lore in the studio. I can audience see the connection. Today. Mars has layers of sediment. That's true. And you layer, you know, we're layering Mars with our corpses rovers <laughs> that too <laughs> i don't know about you and but... <laughs> rover corpses rest in peace opportunity oh too soon too soon uh, <laughs> all right uh hit me hit me with number three number three um jesus and jollof that makes per- that is us that's literally <laughs> us <laughs> i call jesus <laughs> man i don't know okay. who what is the other one well, there's there's four. There's what does four that mean? More. Wait, what is that? What is Jesus and Jolliffe? I don't. Know. Are those the names? Is it Jesus they, and something? They, like, is that? Are those I, the names? I might be mispronouncing it. Maybe it's Jesus and Yolliffe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh man. Okay. But uh, does yeah. anyone in our audience know what that one's about? Nope. Okay. We're getting nose. Perfect. Um, all right. Pick another one. Uh, one. The Doctor Drew podcast. Who's Doctor Drew? Is that is that a TV person audience? Judges? No. <laughs> Alright, so it's similar to layer by layer in that it's just some unknown white guy talking <laughs> about things. I thought you were gonna say it's similar to layer by layer and that no one's heard of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's kind of what I was saying. Um all right, I'm just gonna go with the rest here. We have Unraveled True Crime on the ABC radio. That's that's what I was doing with the WCA earlier. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> It, they, they're on to us. They know that we're trying to yeah. unlock the secrets and the crimes committed in the WCA. That's true, yeah. Um, the Art of War by Sun Tzu. That's a book. <laughs> that is. That's, <laughs> our studio audience is giving us thumbs up on The Art of War by Sun Tzu. <laughs> All right, apparently... Uh, 
Apparently, our podcast is uh, got a lot of fans of Sun Tzu out there. Apparently, and then here's the best one that we we haven't gotten to yet: uh, learning Spanish for beginners podcast. Oi, see, see, see. I'm not uh, gonna be able to keep that up. See, sí, y también, uh, Kit, puedes uh, o podemos recordar uh, pantalones. pantalones. What? <laughs> <laughs> what, what loonies are you putting in my pants? <laughs> oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> isn't that a Canadian? Isn't that like Canadian currency? Yeah, loonies are a dollar coin, and then two knees are two dollar coins. I have two knees. <laughs> I, I, growing up in Metro Detroit, uh, you know, I, I, we were very close to Canada. So. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought this was going to be, be something about you not having toonies. <laughs> no, we had plenty of toonies. Right. <laughs> toonie or not toonie? That is not the question. No one ever asked that. Um, <laughs> was that all of them? Did Yeah, you... that's all of them. I see. But, um, yeah. I'm, I am a bit perplexed as to how it came up with podcasts that are similar to ours. Yeah. When, um, I don't know. I, what, what app is this? I would assume it's like through the metadata of... What is it? It's Castbox. Castbox. Okay. So I don't think there are any other cubing podcasts on Castbox. So it's kind of interesting huh. that I feel like you know we don't really have any similarities on any pods that are really yeah. existing in the main media. Um, it's kind of interest. It's kind of like an interesting kind of like machine learning sort of <laughs> algorithm sort of question where it's yeah, like, it's like it picks out something in our like in our metadata somehow. Yeah, it's kind of like there's like all these different clusters of podcasts throw ours into like an empty space <laughs> uh, in like this multi-dimensional network of podcasts. What are we closest to? Yeah, learning Spanish for beginners. <laughs> okay, like um, this is I don't know if this is gonna make the pod, but kind of interesting. Uh, Overcast, which is the podcast app I use, mm-hmm. uh, they just implemented a thing with like a searchable index with like instant search. So like you type something in, and things pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, and to do that, uh, I was listening to the developers podcast uh, where he was t- saying that he he implemented a thing where um, like he had to have like a list of the most popular podcasts is basically like an instant index. Otherwise, because you can't be searching the internet because that would be too slow. Right. And we made it into that. We're big enough, I guess, to Whoa. make it into his index of popular shows. Because What's our index? I have no idea, but but it, we were the first thing that came up when I, when I typed L A Y E. So yeah, not All bad, right. not bad. So that's kind of like a score already in that, like by being the thing that comes up by only typing four letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like actually means that like you have some prominence in that four letter department. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're the biggest show that starts with layer. <laughs> no, lay. Lay. What other word is going to start with lay? Um, <laughs> give me a give me a moment. I will. <laughs> no googling allowed. <laughs> we're Bing. I see you. <laughs> well, there is a uh commune of France <laughs> called Lay, L A Y E. Oh, we should make a podcast about it. <laughs> lay by lay. <laughs> Le lay by lay podcast. <laughs> I think it'll catch on. The The city has a population of 231 as of uh, 2008, so I think we'll really have a following. Yeah, we have. I think we can hit that cap. <laughs> <laughs> All these great podcast ideas that we have to do besides layer by layer. Yeah, like our... Like, what was it, the one where we just like read the entire regulations? Yeah, <laughs> we still need to do that. So I have a GTS 3M. It's my main. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I. It's. But for anyone at home who had a GTS 3M that they did that they used to like and then didn't anymore, that was what I I was in that situation. Okay. The way to fix it is to throw it out and get a new one. Oh, okay. That seems simple. Or if you don't want to do that, you can do what I did, which is just completely oh. clean it out and like reset it to just completely default, which I thought was interesting because like at first when I got it and got it really good, I had it all set up specially. And then I got back to that feeling somehow by completely just cleaning everything. So default, you mean the spring compression default? Yeah. Set, well, I don't remember what the spring compression default is, but basically oh. just like 
just making it as basic as I could. Just clean out all the lube, like make the tension as like as close to whatever the standard was as possible. I just basically reset it to how it was when I got it. And then all of a sudden it, it felt the same as it did after I first set it up, which was, I don't know how that happened. This doesn't seem like a universal fix. This seems like a very specific <laughs> fix. Look, Kit, people <laughs> listen to this podcast because they want to learn how to do things, right? Um, What, like layering <laughs> b- layers of brick? Yeah, brick? That's, that's what this whole podcast is about. So after you put the layer of mortar, you want to like really make sure you, after you push the bricks down, you want to go on both sides and scoop up any extra with your um, spade. Um, you're using a spade for this. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. The nine of spades or like oh. the jack of spades? Um, ten of spades, according of to spades. our studio audience. Oh, the thumbs down of spades, actually. <laughs> Oh uh, man, this is this topic isn't going anywhere. I just wanted to, I just wanted to throw it out there, okay? Uh, just trust me. Clean out your GTS threes. It's gonna be great. This sounds like it could apply to any cube that you feel is not performing as well as it was previously. And then <laughs> buy my special GTS three setup kits. Only nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Uh, available now for a limited time. It was actually an ad. <laughs> wow, our first ad drop. <laughs> That's besides it's about my new product. <laughs> Too right. bad that I can't have a GTS three because they don't make one in black yet. I think they're planning it, but we'll see. So I've had this crazy idea for a while. And it's crazy because it would be giving myself a ridiculous amount of work to do as a delegate. But I personally think it would be really cool to have. You know, Kit, I don't think you work hard enough. You're right. I should give myself more things to yeah. do. What do you think about the idea of, you know, how we submit scrambles, you know, as part of every competition submission and layer, the scrambles are readable, you know, mm-hmm. in the export and on third-party websites. Mm-hmm. What if we also, as part of result submissions, submitted each individual's FMC solution? I like that. Which sounds awful to do, but I think it could be really cool to kind of have a database. Like, I don't want to, and it, you know, it's going to be kind of weird because solutions are not necessarily, you know, evidence of what people did. Because if you're inserting something, like, that's going to, right. or if you're even doing this, like, you don't know where the, the steps lined up. Yeah, you can kind of make any, like, you can kind of like make a fake solve out of any solution you have like right. something convincing yeah but um i think it'd be just kind of cool to have like a record of kind of be able to go back and like look at all the solutions that have happened in the past do, do you think we should like in order to implement this would you think like taking a picture of the sheet that they submitted or like retyping everything <sighs> because so you've got on one hand you've got a lot more work to type everything in on but- the other hand a lot more storage if you're going to store like a JPEG of every yeah. single. I mean, it's gonna if it's gonna happen, it would have to be typed in. Um, I also think I'm in the more minority for this because I don't think that a lot of delegates would really want to put that much work in. Yeah. I also think it would mean that FMC would be held a lot less <laughs> uh, because delegates would think twice about wanting to actually do that work. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but I think it'd be really cool to have these sort of things tracked for, um, you know, also for you know people to check to see if it was a cube explorer solution i don't know here's an idea Uh, um so you can make a program pretty easily that checks whether a solution works so what if you make it so you don't have to check the solution you just type it in and see if it works and if it doesn't work you go back through and look if you made any typos yeah and if the wca were to do this they would probably make some sort of way so that way that way it's like yeah you have to type it in but it gets rid of all the checking part Right. It would, so, we have like data validation t- tools for results already. And if, if my dream were to come true, they would probably implement something where like you yeah. type it into this data validation tool. So it wouldn't tool. add like, like it would add a little bit. Obviously, it takes longer to type a solution than it does to execute yeah. it. But just like, can you imagine though for like worlds or nats where you have like two, like 150 to 200 competitors doing three FMC attempts and typing in 450 solutions? Yeah. I just like, Find the janitor at the venue or something and just be like, hey, can you uh, take care of this? Slip him a, like, 20 or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at the very least, you could probably get people to, like, you know, 
together to do it as a group and like have a google doc with one person like copying and pasting mm -hmm. into the validation tool or something yeah uh but you could do a factory type mm -hmm. where you you take like the sheet and you everyone types one letter in at a time into the google doc yeah. and you just pass it around and, until you get and so okay you get all like 200 competitors in a in a line <laughs> and you just pass the sheets down everyone types in one letter at a time one what, symbol what, what is this like a magic draft or something or... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but then the best part is when it gets to the very end that guy has to get up and run all the way to the front of the line like all the way down this 200 person long line and everyone else has to wait for that person yep. to do it i'm making this much more efficient <laughs> totally um one thing that i think is also a nice benefit from this is that i think that um currently solutions do not get checked thoroughly in that, like, um, especially because, I mean, you've seen how FMCs get checked at competitions mm -hmm. often. It's kind of like a group of, like, five or six people kind of crowd around it and get them checked. And whenever that happens, like, people are, like, so willing to, like, help check. And I'm like, I don't know if I really trust your mm. ability to check. Um, I often, like, note those people, look for their signatures okay. <laughs> after, and I check them at home myself to make sure they actually worked. Mm -hmm. Or if they were marked as DNF that they do work yeah i tend to think that it it should work fairly well you might have more experience with seeing things where it didn't go quite as well but i i would think that like if you get it if it's solved it's like what is the probability that you executed something wrong while you were looking at it and got it solved this happened before to me ha were you like to you personally no okay. so it was at a comp that i delegated though. Mm, okay um it, so i wasn't the checker but oh it happened to you too wow okay hmm. weird so this, um, it was at Northwest Champs 2017. Isaac Myers thought they had a 29. Uh, and it turns out that um, one of the very last moves was like written oh, with that a prime incorrectly. And whoever was checking autopiloted. Yeah. That's why you should never be looking at the cube when yes. you're... Uh... Yeah, absolutely. Like, because I think that the it was a very weird, stupid, like, CFOP skip with, like, no NIS whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So, like, it was easy to watch and see what they were yeah. doing. Or even even if it's, like, say they ended with, like, a T-perm or something. It's, like, yeah. just executing that. Your fingers are going to take over. So even if you're not looking... I can... Actually, now I can totally see how that could happen. Yeah. So it does happen occasionally. So, yeah. My, the, I think the weird thing about... Uh, FMC is that I think that much more frequently there are a lot of DNFs that were really solutions because people didn't take the time to like take two cubes and check to make sure they got the same thing twice. Yeah, that that I don't understand. Like I'm like, if you get a DNF, check it like multiple times and see if you yeah, get the no, same thing. When I yeah, when I get a DNF, I put the cube down mm -hmm. and then I grab cube. another one, do it again, see if I get the same thing, and then I'm at least more convinced that i was right on that yep our yeah. audience agrees perfect uh <laughs> so but the thing is i know that this is not a universal standard that people do okay i, I mean i've seen people check and it's not 100 percent of the time that this is happening that's so weird because i would like i would think i'd be terrified of giving someone a dnf when they didn't deserve it like exactly i would yeah. feel so bad right and i've i've recorrected a lot of dnfs in the past that's the only solved one that i've gone back and turned out to find it wasn't mm -hmm. solved um, yeah, I'd imagine that happens a lot less often, although I can definitely see how it would happen. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure it's typically because, you know, it's sort of just kind of autopilot. So mm -hmm. you kind of... So typing it in, though, would fix both of these things. Exactly. If you if we were forced to type in these solutions, then we could yeah. discover things that were marked as DNF that might have actually been solved, mm -hmm. as well as things that we might have autopiloted when we were yeah, checking. Yeah, because no one's, like, so used to typing a T-perm <laughs> that they're going to autopilot on it. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I think that, if I recall correctly, Isaac's 29 did end with, like, some sort of ALG finish. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if it was a PLL or an OLL. But it definitely yeah. had some LL case at the end. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's what led whoever checked that to just kind of letting the fingers take over and be like oh yeah that totally works okay yeah but it was like the third or fourth last move from the end or something that was wrong yeah kind of a bummer well i i would be definitely in favor of having a database of all solutions mm -hmm. i I'd, I'd be interested to see like an actual like test of it to see like how how much time does it actually add per scramble um because i don't know if it would be that much I mean, the thing is, like, if uh, they make the tool in a way where um, instead of checking via hand and with a cube, we just check by doing this. And mm -hmm. by doing that, 
you it creates like the the thing you would include in a submission to the mm -hmm. results team. Yeah, that would be so. So that would be great. Yeah, because then at least you're saving the time of going through the check process mm -hmm. in comp. I can build this. Do you want me to? It's very similar to the program I made for FMC solution typing. That is true. You did make it a, a uh, program, <laughs> yeah. which maybe you want to plug. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, guys, I, I made a thing. I'll save that for another segment. We, we're talking about this now. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I think it would actually be pretty easy to make it so that you just have the scramble in there, type up your solution, and then it you know, it puts it in whatever format you need for the... the yeah, that's what export. we'd have to figure out. If, if this pipe dream were to occur... Um, how would these things be stored in the database? Mm -hmm. Like, how would they be stored? How I don't know if they would ever be displayed, but they might at least be stored in the database and sites like WCADB.net or Cubing China. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll make, like, hover overs. Like, when you hover over the result, it, like, shows what That's the cool. solution yeah. is or something like that. Um, yeah. I don't know. But it would be really cool. It would, this will never happen. No. But it would be even cool. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't even talking. I think that that could happen. What we were just talking about, but this will never happen if we could force all the competitors to like comment how they got their solution. Well, what could happen though is someone could make a different third-party site that absorbs mm. the final solution, and then you can go on and like voluntarily comment it out. Link with your WCID, and you have access to all of your personal solutions, and can add your own comments to them. Mm, that would be good. You know it would be really helpful for typing up that solution. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> so I made a thing. I'm a programmer now, guys. It's what? a new thing. Yeah, we don't need to go into all that. But I made a program. Uh, I'm going to plug it here in case you're interested in learning about it. Uh, it's for Fewest Moves. I have a YouTube channel called Fewest Moves where I just post about Fewest Moves. And I made a video about how to use this thing. It's for, like, typing up fewest moves skeletons and stuff and it like checks if you type them correctly pretty cool yeah it's pretty cool yeah like it's like you'll type in something and be like that's a two by two by two and then it'll highlight it and be like yeah it is or no it's not <laughs> well you know what you could do in the meanwhile if even if we don't make it official that people have to submit their solutions mm -hmm. i know you with your program it's not a web-based app but something that not yet <laughs> not yet um, but if you ever do get into web-based apps um, what could be really interesting is if you were to develop something where, um, you pull from the WCA export and only like upload FMC results to this website, mm -hmm. link it, have it link with the WCA OAuth, and then people can log in with WCIDs to your website that you would create and then submit comments to your own solutions That'd on cool. it. Yeah. Um, and you can have it so that, um, they have to type out a final solution and the final solution that they type out has to be correct because you can pull from the scrambles as well in that file. Yeah, although I, f I could also just make a thing that, like, to use out of competitions that instead of checking everything by doing turns, you just type it in. Like, yes. That would, I think, be, that would be a very easy thing for me to do. Yes, that would be very <laughs> easy to do. Um, but I think it would be cool as well to have kind yeah. of like the end, my end goal in mind, even if it's not pulling the final solution from mm -hmm. the, the database, like, but just users submit their own final yeah. solution. No, it'd be cool. I don't think I'm skilled enough to do that yet, but yeah. <laughs> any listeners out there that are skilled enough to do this, please consider it. Computer science people are becoming like, you know, that, uh, photographer, you know, <laughs> that artist, you know, it's like, Hey, can you write that program for me? Yeah, it's true. Hey, I need a photographer for this, for this quick shoot this weekend. Can you do that for me? <laughs> My friend Jan in high school, like, he's always been doing all this programming stuff. And there was like all the time I would just ask him to do stuff. And sometimes he would, uh, like he made this really cool thing for a role-playing game called wild talents. Which, like, it's, like, a really obscure role-playing game. And he made this whole program for me as, like, the game master to keep track of all the enemies and, like, all their stats and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, it's, like, this giant, like, fully functioning app for all this stuff. And I'm, like, he made this in, like, a week. It was crazy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, soon enough, you'll probably be able to make something. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is a really useful skill. Hey, Kit. Hey, Andrew. Or should I say... Hey, kid. Um, <laughs> um, are you ready for the Martin Eggdoll of the day? You feeling shy today, buddy? <laughs> um, you got something important to tell me or what? Well, Kit, listen. I'm listening. Water. Imagine water. Picture it in your head. Oh, no. This looks really weird. Um, 
in my head. Got no, it. no, no. <laughs> do not pour water on my audio equipment. Um, <laughs> water. It sustains us. And it also sustains Martin Egdal. This has been your Martin Egdal of the day. Can confirm. Oh, God. <laughs> Can confirm. Yeah, that was all I had. I ran out of things to say about Martin Eggle. <laughs> Still hasn't beaten my clock average, right? <laughs> Not that I know of. Perfect. Okay. Nemesis free for now. Um, I guess we can move into the reg of the day then. All right. <laughs> um, so... The reg of the day that I definitely did not randomly generate uh, is A6E. So this is a... Perce- A6E. How are you doing? Just fine. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Hi, Sophie. <laughs> the um, A6E is one of those procedural regulations for speed keeping events. And it talks about kind of the end of the solve. So it says, after releasing the puzzle... The competitor must not touch or move the puzzle until the judge has inspected the puzzle. Um, and this is a penalty for a DNF unless it was sort of an accident and they didn't apply any moves, like weren't sure, in a, you know, mm-hmm. at the discretion it can be a plus two. Like I've seen that applied in cases where someone's doing like, I don't know, like they set down the cube and it kind of bounces and like hits their hand again or something. Yeah, or it's like you maybe thought you didn't stop the timer mm-hmm. and yeah. then... Um, you you touch it and then you're like, oh no, mm-hmm. I stopped it already. Yeah. <laughs> so there are cases like that where it won't be DNF, but just given a penalty. And this is kind of a weird regulation because um, the vague part of it is where it says after or until the judge has inspected the puzzle. Do we assume our judges have like basically perfect reflexes and can inspect whether the puzzle is <laughs> puzzle uh, like a puzzle that's clearly solved is solved in an instant? Yeah. Because, like, for example, if a puzzle is literally clearly solved and you stop the timer and it falls down and it's like no moves have been applied, like it's clearly not misaligned, like, did they inspect that in an instant? Can you just pick it up and, like, apply some moves? Um, this is, was a very common practice. And a lot of people actually started discussing this after US Nats 2014 mm-hmm. because Kevin Hayes, after every single one of his solves, um, would pick the same cube up immediately and just start kind of like spamming some random moves on it. Um, and people like it shouldn't the judge be able to inspect the puzzle first? Yeah. And you know, some people are like, well, it's clearly solved. He like, could just like not solve the left center, <laughs> like the left and bottom center, like away from the judge. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so they can only see like four faces of the cube and just let's start messing with it. Like, right. You could save yourself like two faces of work. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. One thing is that encoding our regulations and has been for a while now um, is in uh, the A7 section about how results are recorded and how a judge actually confirms that they've inspected it. Um, So technically, when a judge finds the puzzle is solved, they call OK. Like they after every single solve, they just say OK. That's technically by regulations. Judges have to say OK to confirm to the competitor that the cube is solved. That's a new symbol. <laughs> okay. Um, and if there's a penalty, they have to call penalty. Right. Oh, yeah. I think Shane has done that before. <laughs> yeah, Shane in our studio audience. I've seen him just call penalty before <laughs> at the end of solves. It's great. Mm-hmm. And then if it's a DNF, you call DNF. Yeah. Um, so um, I think I usually do call DNF like informally because like I'll be like, ah, oh, DNF. Like, yeah, like mean, you want to let the competitor know so they aren't like blindsided when you write it down. At yes. least. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting because this is people never say OK. Yeah. I've never heard anyone say OK. Oh, I do it all the time now. Though. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. You actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's almost a habit. Do you, do you just like kind of mutter it under your breath? OK. No, I'm just like, <laughs> OK. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh so it's uh i don't know it definitely would help this situation because it would make clear like a a, a a verbal utterance that the judge has inspected the puzzle i don't know we don't really have anything like that like that's done consistently currently so we um have these weird gray areas where yeah you know if the cube lands for a couple seconds the judge doesn't say anything like is them starting to write the time down like confirmation but maybe it's a plus two maybe there's a yeah. penalty and then like you don't know because they haven't gotten to that part for of me, the solve yet i think the judge's signature would be 
a place that it's like I am I'm done writing this time. Right, but like if a cube now is clearly solved, like they wait ten seconds and they're still writing down the time, and you start picking it up and like applying mm-hmm. some moves, like it, did they get a chance to inspect it? I mean, I would probably not, you know, you know, give someone a plus two or a DNF because they touched their cube yeah. at, before the judge inspecting it. Uh, but I think with the way the regulations are written now. That would be like okay, like that's long enough for the judge to inspect, right? Right, but, but like, what, where's the cutoff? Yeah, what? maybe there should be one, other than saying okay, since no one does that. Like, yeah. it's a good idea in theory, but it's I, no one's really going to do that. Maybe we should start forcing people to do that. But <laughs> listeners, make sure you say okay yeah. after Saul's if there's no penalty. Like, let's make it catch on. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So from now on, judges say okay, penalty, or DNF. We're getting. Uh, okay. Big thumbs up. <laughs> Big okays from the studio audience. <laughs> they have never been so monotone in their enthusiasm. <laughs> this is the most okay segment we've ever done. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this is positively okay. Penalty. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> okay. 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 Penalty. Okay. Okay. DNF. No. <laughs> I like to call a delegate. We have several. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. I don't have to be my own delegate on this podcast. <laughs> who, who is anyone out there in the uh, studio audience a layer by layer approved delegate? That's a yes. Oh, perfect. We, oh, got, we got Lauren. 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 Can you, can you come over here? We need a ruling. She, she doesn't <laughs> want to get up. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your Civ 6 game. Andrew has called a DNF on me. Can you please... Uh, I, I would like to dispute this ruling. Uh, can you uh, please mediate here? By the way, if it actually is a DNF, that means you can never stop recording this podcast. Because we did not finish. Yeah. Just you, though. I'm going to leave. Uh-oh. <laughs> I remember when I told you we moved in together? <laughs> <laughs> I've been trapped. Lauren, help. I'd like you to come home with me, so... <laughs> Not DNF. Not DNF. I'm on kids. You, you just have to say okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Phew. Okay. All right. You're free f- to go. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, he's leaving. He's out. He's gone. Oh. All right. Well, this has been layer by layer. Uh, if you want to keep getting smarter with us here on SciShow, I don't know why that popped into my head. It's just uh, um, feel free to subscribe to SciShow and become a patron or something. Uh, if you want to just support learning, not our podcast in any way. He's back. I'm back. I'm not trapped in a podcast. I have free will. That's what we'd all like to believe. <laughs> Remember, Kit, it's either... Your fault, or you made a mistake. <laughs> is that what we said earlier? Uh, I feel like this is not a real moral dilemma. I've been watching The Good Place. I understand moral <laughs> dilemmas now. <laughs> <laughs>